0: I want you to think about something. I particularly love when uh, a few months back when Jeremiah inaugurated this idea of the children coming forward to uh, drop their treasure, their contribution uh, here in our little box at the front. And uh, I didn't think it would when he first suggested it, that one, I wasn't sure how it would all go over particularly, whether it was even a good idea or not. And some people reacted and didn't think that they didn't love it for any number of reasons because that's the way church works. doesn't matter what you do. Okay, there's going to be some who are like, okay, that really wasn't for me. Okay, whatever. But uh, it, it was interesting that how much it does communicate. And what I would like for you to do for just a moment is to look to your left or your right. And again, we may have some, but let's not leave anybody out. We've got may have even some folks that are relatively new to us here this morning, maybe hadn't even seen it before, and maybe almost missed it. But the fact of the the kids coming up here, dropping off their contribution, and then uh, then leaving the auditorium. I just want you to to give a reflection to somebody on your left or right what that communicates to you. Go ahead and do that right now. Okay, anybody shout out a word in terms of a response of kind of what, when you see the kids do that, that that might have communicated to you? Ownership, okay. Another one? Sorry, <laughs> you guys competed with each other. <laughs> I can't understand. I'm getting old. I can't hear a thing. I can't hear a thing. Up. Say it again one more time. Involvement. Involvement. Okay, all right. What else? Reminder. Reminder? Okay. Anything else? You just like to, the- yeah. The processional? Okay. Yes, Chris. Untainted hearts. Okay. Oh, I appreciate all those. I appreciate. It. I, I put together a little collage. I'm not saying it's any better than anyone else's by any means, but I just wanted to put up a few words that it made me think of that uh, sort of summarize that. Go ahead and put up the next slide if I've got it there. Did I write these out? Yeah, the, there they are. God's spirit at work. Vitality. There's a certain joy. I love when you'll see one of the kids skip. You know, when was the last time you skipped, right? (laughs) You couldn't skip if you wanted to, some of you. All right, enthusiasm, hope, you know, kids, the kids worshiping, in other words, the involvement and the engagement, it's not just for adults, their own way and their own form, The, the visibility of the little ones, Unity as a congregation and the diversity of the congregation. You see all of those things. You see family. You think about uh, parents, grandparents, multi-generation. These are just some of those things that sort of popped in my mind. I want to give us a scripture this time from the message. And I do appreciate uh, the reading this morning, uh, Jerry. Jerry from the NIV, and I want you to hear it now in a little bit of a different version from the message, verses one through four. He says, listen, dear friends, to God's truth. Bend your ears to what I tell you. I'm chewing on the morsel of a proverb. I'll let you in on the sweet old truths, stories we heard from our fathers, counsel." we learned at our mother's knee. We're not keeping this to ourselves. And I get that sense when I see the children up here. This is a multi-generational process. We're passing it along to the next generation. What is the it? God's fame and fortune. The marvelous things he has done now i want to make a point and the first one is this is that not everything old is worth telling but certain things must be told we certainly live in a culture and a generation that doesn't value things that are old and for there's a bunch of things that some of you might remember that are not worth remembering. A pet rock. You know, I'm okay if that doesn't come back. A mood ring. Some of you might remember a different season in your life. You know the Hummel figurines that we all thought were worth a fortune we were going to pass along and that was our generational wealth. It's like we're zero now. And then, of course, Beanie Babies, we've got taken on that one real bad. And there's not much value to those. I can remember when the ties back in the 70s were about this wide. I'm happy if that doesn't come back, and it's okay, next generation, if we don't see any big old yellow ties that look like bibs. Okay, again. But there are certain things that must be told. And the psalmist knew that he and his community has more than a good memory. They have a responsibility and an obligation to share these things of old. Someone said that memory is both the treasure and the guardian of all things certain things must be told. Now, we don't in some ways have to rely on our memories quite the way they did in the ancient world where everything happened through oral story- storytelling and it happened in the evenings and it happened in their homes, maybe in ways that we don't quite, we can rely on words and texts and digits in a lot of different ways. And yet certain things must be remembered and certain things must be told. Second point that the text certainly makes is the telling which must be told has a very specific focus. It's about who the Lord is and what he has done. So I, I concur with Kay Lynn that I love the fact that we do celebrate the Lord's Supper every week and even if the sermon is a train wreck. Okay, Jerry, all right, come on now. He's always teasing me. Even if it's a train wreck, we can hold on to some memories, to some traditions, so to some truths about who God is and not let those go. Well, you know, if you read through the Psalm 78, you would find that there are actually 72 verses. We're not going to do all that this morning. I don't know if we could all even sit here for all of it. But it's heavily detailed as the Psalm relates the history of Israel. And in that, it's not just a history lesson. It's God's actions, God's Working in the world. God's working in the lives of the Israelites again and again. And here's the thing about it that I love because whoever was telling this story didn't mind telling about all the bad things their grandfathers and great-grandfathers and great-grandfathers did. If you go back and look through that psalm, it's time after time about how the people messed it up. They didn't get it right. They rebelled against God. They were faithless. They forgot God. They forgot his com- covenant commandments. But again and again and in this psalm and I did, went through and did the math this morning more than 50 times he mentions but God did this. Let me read you verses five through eight from the message. He planted a witness in Jacob, and then Jacob is a reference for, for the people of Israel, set his, firmly, his word firmly in Israel. In other words, those, that's a Hebrew way of saying the same thing, twice in that, that line. A witness, this group of people is a witness, these Israelite people, just like the church today is a witness that God is alive and that God is working and that God is doing things then commanded our parents to teach it to their children so the next generation would know and all the generations to come and that they would know the truth and that they would tell the stories so their children can trust in God. Those of us who have raised children know how hard this is. And yet here we are as a congregation trying to live out the truth of this message for the sake of Of the next generation and the generation after it, even in the midst of our own foibles and faithlessness. Never forget the works of God, but keep His commands to the letter. Heaven forbid they should be like their parents. (laughs) That was a surprise in the text, bullheaded and bad, that Eugene Peterson has a sense of humor in the way he worded that. But how poignant. A fickle and faithless bunch. Maybe we could say a fickle and faithless church who never stayed true to God then the psalm goes on this god did wonders this god worked miracles this god divided seas this god split rocks and gave water this god gave food in the desert this is the god who guided by day and night this is the god who is merciful this is the god who is compassionate this is the god who gets angry this is the god who is forgiving this is the god who delivered the israelites from their med enemies and above all was faithful to his covenant promises. Of course, we can move the story forward as New Testament believers and what our story must tell us, our mission, our mission here at this congregation to welcome others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Help another see who we see in Jesus, this God in Jesus Christ, the expression of truth and of beauty and of goodness. This mission doesn't change. It centers on Jesus. It centers on his person and it is him, as the text says in John 12, 32, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to me. Speaking of his death. Speaking of the seed of life that comes from his death and his resurrection. Okay. A mission then, our mission, invites a vision. And the vision is something we see in our mind's eye just as we could see those children this morning walk up and give their contribution. And that vision that we can see in our mind's eye, it, it, it reminds us of a preferred way of life and a preferred future and a prefer, preferred future for this congregation. It reminds us what it is that God wants for us and what it would look like. Now, a few years ago, the elders were together for an elders' retreat. And in that time of retreat, we tried to work on a vision. And uh, we began to think about this language of next-gen that is so embodied in this text. The literal words, next-generation, were right here in this psalm. And so we got to thinking about next generation, meaning those who are zero babies being born to 25 years old. And how is it that we can take the truth of God and pass it along to this next generation? And then we decided to put our money where our mouth is. And so at the time we hired McKaylee. And, 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 and then we also said with that, we needed to work together as a congregation to kind of flesh this out. And we came up with seven values during that time, including words like spirit-led and family and adaptable and next-gen. Then, of course, we were sort of rocked by covid for a while there and all the setbacks that brought. Then over the last year or so we hired Nathan and Jeremiah and I think we're at the, the best time that we've been in terms of focus and alignment on this next gen commitment, this vision. I want to put up this vision statement. I've already mentioned our mission, but here's the vision. Here's the preferred future. Just like we watched the children come up, and that gave us a vision, I want us to think about this vision. To journey together as a diverse, spirit-led family. We are on a journey together. We will not be the same congregation doing things all the same way that we're doing them now, Six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. And yet some things we will look back and we'll hold on to. Truths that we will not give up. And other things will change. Generously reaching the next generation for Christ. And just like that uplifting experience of seeing the kids... I pray that those same thoughts and feelings and the same sense of wonder and warmth, God's spirit, vitality, joy, enthusiasm, hope can be generated when you see and think about a vision like this. I said this a while back on Back to School Sunday and I'm going to repeat it here and I'm going to tie all this back into our ministry fair in just a minute. But I am convinced that a rising tide lifts all boats. What do I mean? A rising tide of families, of teens, of children lifts all boats. This is an idiom. It was coined by John F. Kennedy, It described the idea that when an economy is performing well, all people will benefit from it. We could argue the merits of all of that in terms of whether capitalism delivers on that. That's not my point this morning. My point is this. If the vision registers, when the nursery fills up, the church thrives. When children bring their parents or their friends, the whole community benefits. When children come without their parents, the rest of the church has a built in mission to be a family. When the next generation That is, 0 to 25 is healthy. The church is healthy. Can I get an amen? Amen. Our passage from Psalm 78 supports this through and through. Not everything old is worth telling, but certain things that are old must be told. And the telling which must be told is about who the Lord is And what he has done. I want to put all this together. Having clarified our mission. Having seen the importance of this from Psalm 78. Having thought about this vision. Of a commitment to the next generation. Just as the psalmist insists. Here's the pledge. I will do my part. I'll do my part to carry out the mission of this church. I will do my part to welcome others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I will do my part to enable the next generation. I'll do my part financially I will do my part to tell about who God is and what he has done through my words and through my life of service. All of this bringing us to our ministry fair where we strengthen the body by using our gifts and talents to carry out this vision. Here's what we're going to do. Now first I might, before I invite you and charge you with this, I might say not all of us will be Dave Weiler or Brett Blackford and have about seven jobs around here, okay? (laughs) However, we all can help with one or two or three because they come in different sizes, Some in terms of what might be required if you were going to say, I want to take the men's ministry. That's substantial. Some other things are, I would be happy to clean up coffee one Sunday per month. And then we have needs that you'll hear about in everything that's in between. But these aren't just tasks and they aren't just duties, and they aren't just ministries. They're feeding together. They are aligned. There's an alignment with a greater vision that we've already talked about, telling the good things God has done to the next generation. So I want you to take the brochure. I want you to think about it. I want you to see the ministries that are listed, There are more than 30 of them in the hallway there. And guess what? Even if you have no intention, because you're a guy, of signing up for the women's ministry, I want you to talk to the women's ministry leader. I want you to talk to the ones who are leading the circle of friends. Let's, at the very least honor those who are serving in these ministry capacities by listening, by hearing their story and their passion for their area. Find out what is going on so that you can be praying for that ministry. Now I gotta tell you, I got one correction. Well, there's probably more than one. I, I've been finding them all week because t- getting everything right and getting it squared away and keeping it right is really difficult. But for the most part, it's right. I'm not going to claim perfection at this point because uh, right here's Larry Frankie, who's been doing the library ministry for the, about the last 15 years. But he retired, and I thought he retired from the library ministry. But he's back. He's got a table. He's But I forgot to put him in here, okay? So he didn't make the brochure, but he's got a table out there. And uh, I'm sorry? Version two, yes. We'll get it updated, Larry, so you'll be included on that. And there are probably some other mistakes. And, uh, And again, if you haven't been in the library, you gotta see it. Larry's a librarian, so he knows how to build a library. And we have used every square inch of that space up there. Enough about the library. Next week I want to talk about more detail about more specific ministries. But I wanted you to hear the backdrop in terms of how all of this plays forward. Into both our mission and our vision here at McKnight Crossings. Visit the ministry fair. Find out more about it. Sign up for a ministry. And uh, we have ministries that are missing. Not simply people to help carry out a mission. Right here's Carrie Ferguson who has the fellowship ministry. Carrie's looking for helpers on fellowship ministry. That'd be a great one to be a part of, wouldn't it? But we have other ministries that are needing a ministry leader at this point so there are opportunities for everyone find your place to serve be a part of the next generation vision make the pledge by the grace of God I will do my part thanks for listening